How are you? Ugh. Yeah, I was at Penn Station, and I was so swept up in a podcast that I got on the uptown train rather than the downtown train. I didn't realize until I was at 96th Street. That <laughs> is... Going the wrong direction. <laughs> a good advert for a podcast. Yeah, I will reveal later on which show that was. Well, let us begin the show. Is this the show? This might be the show. Fuck, that's not the title. (laughs) Am I going to talk about BuzzFeed again? I think I'm becoming obsessed with BuzzFeed. Like, it's such a fascinating company. I think you have a company crush on BuzzFeed. It's just so interesting what they're they're doing. Is it, though? We were talking last time about, you know, we were kind of speculating about how much money they earn from Mm -hmm. pre-roll ads. But then I realized they don't have pre-roll ads. None of the YouTube videos have ads. And in fact, as I understand their business model, it's all about branded videos. So they have like two, uh. two arms, one that just does, you know, uh, editorial, you know, Americans try native American food for the first time and mm-hmm. the Try Guys and the You Do You. Like these are just like creative endeavors that go and make videos and they learn what is viral. How do they get views? Does this thing work? And then... They use using the that. exact same delivery mechanism and production values and systems to then make branded content for brands and kind of deliver them in the same same way. And then that's how they make money because obviously they then charge brands to go, hey, we can make a viral video for you. That is that's super it. interesting. See, come with me on the buzzy journey. <laughs> <laughs> You're like an adventure that goes into off like the internet land and comes back with this treasure, this morsel. <laughs> Right. It's like, come with me, you can find more. But it seems they are focusing and they're kind of doubling down on the video content. Uh, I think they had like laid off staff mm. on the writing, uh, on the journalism side earlier this year. So it seems like they are pushing like the, mo- the BuzzFeed motion pictures, I see. which is their video offshoot, which I think started in 2012. And there was an interesting article in the last couple of days about how the BuzzFeed motion pictures have like structured their deals with the stars of the BuzzFeed videos like Eugene and the Try Guys mm-hmm. and I think some of the people from You Do You and how they've yeah made these deals where they stay with BuzzFeed but they're also given freedom to explore other venues and avenues as well. Yeah, and they're basically being treated like movie stars almost, you know, like there's a movie they are movie stars and then BuzzFeed is the studio. Now I think I see the fascination. Isn't that interesting? It's such a crazy yeah. thing, yeah. So there you go. That's more more BuzzFeed chat from Edwin. Oh, we should have a BuzzFeed corner. The more that we discover about BuzzFeed and how interesting right. it is. So is it like one guy running the show, essentially like the CEO is the strategic vision of how BuzzFeed is operating and making money? Jeez, that's a good question. I can't remember who the CEO is, but Jonah Peretti, who is the brother of Chelsea Peretti, mm-hmm. who is a comedian. I think I've seen her stand up on Netflix. I think he's like a, I want to say like an artistic director or someone with perhaps the creative side of things is he one of the guys that always gets high <laughs> i don't think he appears in videos i think he's just working kind of at like the executive uh level gotcha. so, he's, so he's almost acting like a movie exec but mm-hmm. for buzzfeed motion pictures yeah i think this was done on very little research so maybe wait around for next show when mm-hmm. i'll do another update and correct all the mistakes i just made another thing that's sort of been blowing up in the internet are these tasty videos i'm sure you've seen them also BuzzFeed. It is BuzzFeed, right? Yep. That yep. is fucked up. 
It's amazing, right? Yeah. And they, they are working on a DIY called mm. Handy. So a DIY, a similar similar channel for DIY called, uh, yeah, called Handy. But yeah, it's just a division of BuzzFeed Motion Pictures gotcha. that just make those those cooking gifts. There was one article about the science behind how, why those tasty videos are so um, viral. Mm. It's like the, the type of fast motion that they use is very unique to tasty videos. Mm. And the way that they cut from like one thing to another, like very seamlessly is is actually really well thought out it isn't just you know you see a lot of different videos try to replicate it but it just isn't the same um at the speed at which they they transition from like one recipe or like one ingredient to the other i'll try to look for it and put, post it in the show notes because there was seems to be like a craze or not a craze but there's a popularity of what they called cinemagraphs mm-hmm that happened in advertising for a while, which are pretty much like just like a static photo, but like one part of it moves in a right. way that kind of catches the eye because you're not used to that experience. You think, oh, mm-hmm. that's just a photo. But then you go, oh, wait, some part's moving. Uh, but that seems to have died away a little bit, but maybe it's like a similar thing. There's something about that. There is definitely some sort of pacing that happens, like with the movement of the video that you know that it's going to end soon. Um, but it's also like any good HGTV show, like you sort of want to see the end of it and what the end result is. And the other thing that they do really well is they always sort of take a uh, like a fake bite out of it, right? Without oh, yeah. showing the person. <laughs> like they, if it's like a pie, like they'll take a piece out of the pie and put it on a plate and then someone will come down with a fork and actually cut off a piece on the front. If you think about it, it might not be needed, but it's 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 sort of like, but it crudely, it's sort of the money shot. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's so interesting for you to say that you never see the person. And then mm-hmm. that kind of got me thinking like that's the complete opposite of every food show that we've been taught to recognize. Like totally. all the celebrity chefs, it's all it's all lifestyle shows that have yep. been kind of woven in recipes. Um, I guess I don't have that much experience in the US, but certainly in the UK, it's like Nigella Lawson and Jamie Oliver. And their shows were just like them in their like fabulous apartments entertaining and doing this and like going down to the artisanal grocery store mm-hmm. and shit like this. And then they kind of just happen to have recipes worked in. This completely inverts that. Like you don't even know who makes it. There's yep. no one behind the camera. There's no one talking to you. There's no human face. Ah. And because wow. of that, it makes yeah. it totally possible that you can go and do it. There's that sense. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like because there's no person, you, you start to pick up on the intricacies of the hands. <laughs> like I know that the tasty girl has like a tattoo somewhere on her arm <laughs> and she Amazing. wears like really sort of hipster bracelets. Yeah, you pick up on these like really strange things. Both of us have been sucked into BuzzFeed this week. Without yeah. without knowing it. <laughs> right, they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> Do we want to talk about ninjas? It's been a while, it's been a, maybe a week or two since we talked about ninjas. We can talk about the latest ninja, which yeah. for me it is Ninja 10. Whoa. Happy yeah. anniversary. Happy one-tenth of the way there. Oh, shit. Yeah, good point. Congratulations, dude. Thanks. Is this the uh, longest time you've stuck with a project? <laughs> um, No, the podcast is actually oh. the longest time that I've stuck with a project. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably, probably mine too. So I really felt that I could have taken a turn and just given up on the ninja before I drew this guy, which would have sort of been the end of the project. But because of the podcast... Oh, peer pressure. Peer pressure. And uh, me thinking about, okay, if I just do this, I would be improving my drawing by 25 more minutes. Yeah, that reminds me of people asking writers, you know, how do you write? How do you do this? And they just fucking do it. Like, there's no real mystery to it. 
Oh, I wish I could remember who said this, but there's like a quote. Some famous author was asked, like, oh, how, how are you so um, prolific with your writing? I don't know, he has this great answer that's, and I'm going to horribly butcher it. One wonders that you don't ask a unicyclist, how do you, do you start unicycling? He mm. just gets on and does it. I think you are the perfect embodiment of that sentiment, Sam. I'm so proud of you. My drawing is a unicycle. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I will draw a ninja on a unicycle next. I would like that. You should take requests. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of ninjas, though, um, friend of the show, Alwyn, has uh, told me that there is a connection between Daredevil and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh. outside of the clever naming scheme. Previously, we made the connection that there's a character in Daredevil called Stick, and they deal with the Hand, which is like the ninja, the, the secret ninja organization. Um, and in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... The master of the turtles uh, is called Splinter. The The secret clan is called uh, the Foot Clan. Um, and it turns out, um, when they made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the turtles are mutated from this chemical that spills out of a canister. Some kind of ooze, if you will. The ooze, right. You know your 90s movies very well. <laughs> yeah, I love the uh, cartoons. <laughs> As a child. But also, actually, fun fact, because I messed this up in the previous when we were talking about this previously but mm-hmm. in the uk it was called teenage mutant hero turtles because oh. i think they thought the word ninja was too violent so i think i said in like the last time we were talking about this i think i called them like the teenage mutant hero ninja turtles or something I messed it up horribly. right but yeah that was because my childhood brain knows them as teenage mutant hero turtles that is hilarious so alan said that uh, the turtles got mutated from this ooze that came from a canister which is actually the same canister that was spilled over Matt Murdock's eyes. What? And gave him... Well, so the writers, um, Eastman and Laird, who are the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just wrote that in to be funny, but it sort of happened to... It propagated without any actual acknowledgement. Wow. And so now it's sort of a given. That's so cool. But I was going to say something about that. Um, Things being named in different countries, I actually found this... Really funny uh, tweet from this guy who said that. Do you ever watch the movies Dirty Dancing? A while ago. Wait, hold on. Not Dirty Dancing. Step Up. Is that the one with Julia, Julia oh, Stiles? Save the Last Dance. So, oh, is that a different thing? That is a different thing. So Step Up, there's like there's been like four iterations, right, of Step Up where it's sort of like dancing from the street and with passion. <laughs> right. mm-hmm, okay. and apparently in france the movie is called sexy dance <laughs> and so there's been like sexy dance well there's been step up one two and then step up 3d and then step up four wow <laughs> and so it's no like idea. sexy dance sexy dance two sexy <laughs> dance 3d and sexy dance four beach dance <laughs> I just looked it up. Um, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, uh, but yeah, it was renamed as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in the United Kingdom since local censorship policies deemed the word ninja to have excessively violent con- uh, connotations for a children's program. So yeah, consequently, everything relating to the turtles had to be renamed be- before being released uh, in uh, in the UK. That is so strange. Wow. Even the game graphics from the from the Konami game actually says Teenage Mutant hero turtles yeah right and they changed some lyrics in the in the uh, theme song what from like splinter taught them to be ninja teens to 
Splinter taught them to be fighting teens. God damn. Wow. I knew my, my childhood was so censored. I had no idea. Oh, and the nunchucks. Yeah, like because Michelangelo had nunchucks, right? Yeah. And they were, they were all edited out. What? Yeah. Were you allowed to have a sword? Because I still see a sword. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes, I mean, Leonardo has to have a sword. I should perhaps go, go back and rewatch the originals and get it, you know, the, the legitimate experience. Uh, Thanks, yeah. England, for ruining my childhood. <laughs> As I always drive home, uh, or I take the bus home, there's this one place in New Jersey that actually has uh, Turtles Pizza. Whoa. And Turtles is written as the same style as Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles is written. And I always think like, God, that's got to be like real awful pizza because it looks like a real shitty place. Mm. But I kind of want to try, try it. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, try it and report on the podcast. <laughs> Do it for the podcast. <laughs> Straddling updates and PSGs, we can talk about Last Voyage, the game that Sam recommended to me Oh, way back in episode something or other. Uh, Had I done my research, I'd be able to tell you. Maybe about three weeks ago. Have you finished this game? I have finished this game. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it to begin with. But I think there are some certain some problems that have made it less than engaging for me. So now I think I'm kind of done with it, I think. Have you finished the last chapter? I don't know. I think I have. I don't know. There's like so many cutscenes that just go on for ages. I get mm. bored and turn it off. Yep. Which is one one of the problems, which is perhaps a problem with me rather than the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My short attention span was like, come on! It was <laughs> very pretty flying through this like landscape and it changes colours. For me, it's patchy as to how engaging the levels are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the levels are kind of fun. I guess it's quite good that there's like a variety of games. Like it's not just puzzle games and right. there's also like the avoid the shapes game. Right. And then there's like the move left and right and avoid the ruins game yep uh the tilty one i never played because mm-hmm. of the same reason you don't like black box <laughs> the levels where you have to fly through things just go on forever yeah there's, there's that one we have to like follow the green line mm-hmm. like the it kind of looks like the aurora borealis yeah sort of. yep. yeah it's like amazingly beautiful and mm-hmm. then it gets a little bit hypnotic yep. and then you think you can have a seizure you would be like doing this like for five minutes and you're like is this done? And then you like fall off the line. Right. And it goes like, oh, 41% completed. <laughs> no, it would be, you'd be going for like five minutes and you think, oh man, I'm making awesome progress. And then you die and then it'd be like 4% completed. You'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about that. And there's also the same with the, like the purple level where you have to dodge like between square blocks, the big square blocks. Yeah. Yep. Which kind of starts off. You're like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yep. And then you're like, uh, okay. Totally. Well, I'm kind of done now. There really isn't very enough variance in those levels. So I kind of played it to the point where I got, you know, I got into it. Like I got the music, I got the feel, and then I actually skipped those. Mm. So that was the other thing is like, you can just completely play the levels in any order you want. Mm-hmm. Or that they call them chapters. Right. Which kind of took away a little bit from... The mystery. The thing, yeah. I was like, oh, I can just play any level I want? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Because I have very little patience. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. go, oh, no, I'm bored of this one now. All right, I'll do another one. Mm-hmm. And then that just kind of took away from the experience, I guess. Totally. In the way you're like, oh, well, if I can just play anything, then why am I bothering to play anything? So this is quite an old game. I think it came out like early last year or something like that. Oh, okay. Um... And I do feel that when it first came out, there were like three or four chapters, maybe. Oh, okay. And 
if you can tell, like the three or four chapters actually do feel a bit more cohesive in terms of like visual style, and、um, there really isn't that much narrative. Everything's sort of abstract, but it does feel like you're going on this journey.、Um, and I think the final chapter does kind of seal it off nicely. Like I don't mind、um, the the cutscenes. Uh, no, I mean I I don't mind them either. But、mm-hmm. when I'm on the subway, I'm like, well, why am I watching this? Just let me play something. <laughs> And I think they've just added more levels as they went along. So yeah, had I got this earlier, there、right. would have been like two levels. And then as they added more,、mm-hmm. that's how you. Oh right, okay, great. I can play more. Kind of, kind of how Two Dots was、oh、for a、God. while. Once I had once I'd finished it, then every. Few weeks or so, they would add another twenty、mm-hmm. levels as I snip that in the bud. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get from everyone. It's like, nope, that's it. I'm just gonna finish this and then I'm gonna uninstall this game. Have you ever spent money on two dots? No, never. Oh, really? Never. No, yeah. That's really impressive. And that's all you need as a game developer. You just find those few people that will spend money on on these games. And it like was that. something was- crazy. It was like they were they were doing the stats on、um, like those wildly popular. Handheld MMOs where you have to build like a city and then you go off and attack other cities. Clash of Clans, kind of like Clash of Clans. You know, every other iteration thereof. About like one or two percent of the people that actually play it spend like ninety percent of what they expect、mm. from everyone to make、uh, from all the people. Something like that. Some crazy set where they spend just like crazy amounts of money on that、right. game. Is this happening to me with two dots? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thankfully, you didn't go into the trap. Right. I was actually playing this game called Clash Royale, which is made by the same people that made Clash of Clans. Ah, this is the game I should never play. Yes, and it's really well done. So you can actually get pretty far without actually buying anything and have a lot of fun with it. But it came to a point where I really wanted、uh, this one ability and get like a card for it because、mm. it's it's like this card based system where each card. Is a character that you can actually control within the game, and I think I spent like nine dollars, which actually got me pretty far. But after that, I just felt so dirty. <laughs> oh no! Like, and then that was it. Like I've never, I never picked it back up because it was no longer fun. It was like one of those things where, like, after a certain threshold, the more serious you get, the less fun it gets. What have you been watching this week, Sam? So. I got into this kick of like watching kind of stupid, silly movies. Ah,、oh, to go with your stupid silly books. Yes.、Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so I I like to frequent this site called Imager. Yeah, you have their app, which is yeah, mind-boggling to me. <laughs> <laughs> like I never even considered that Imager would have an app. So one of the things that constantly gets posted, like every once in a while, you'll get what's known as a repost, which means it's an entire narrative of something, or like a, a very interesting segment of either a movie or、um, a film. Where something funny happens, or something really dramatic happens, and it's sort of played out like a comic book. Like they'll just take screenshots of all the key scenes or moments in that scene, and then subtitle it,、mm-hmm. right?、Okay. Yeah. Which I think is so unique to Imager, because、um, you can just scroll down and actually get、uh, a glimpse of what that movie or story is like. And one of the things that always constantly came up was this one scene in Justice League.、Uh, it's this cartoon that's on Netflix, and it's called Justice League:、uh, The Flashpoint Paradox. Okay.、Um, so I decided to check it out. I'm not familiar with this. You would be surprised to hear. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, but it's actually not that bad. It's,、um, and I mean that in a really good way. That you should actually, if you have time, I know you like your superhero 
shows. Oh, true. Um, this one is about Flash in a very unique twist. Um, I would recommend you check it out. Is this is this animated? It is animated. Okay, but right. animated in a kind of coolish way, so they almost look like uh, anime. But at the same time, it also shows how much of a badass Aquaman is, <laughs> which is you much maligned Aquaman. <laughs> Another movie that I watched uh, partially on an airplane. You know, like sometimes you watch stuff on an airplane and you have like a really good memory of it, mm-hmm. and you kind of want to finish it or watch it again. You mean yeah, not on a tiny four-inch screen, right? Being rammed into your face because the guy in front of you is reclined, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, you have your chin against your chest throughout the entire movie he doesn't tilt up far enough what's going on <laughs> right so your last resort is you actually have to tilt back your chair so that right. you're in it's like a domino effect of reclining <laughs> yeah but then i suffer from like reclining guilt <laughs> that's because you're too polite i know right <laughs> so, but i see i try and do it like surreptitiously so like oh just like do an inch <laughs> five minutes later up to another inch <laughs> another inch like they'll never notice haha <laughs> i'm a genius yeah that's why i like to see it. if i can see it on like a on a on like a, a final row mm. between two sections then that's the dream really i do it when they actually get out to go to the bathroom <laughs> like you can tell because they'll usually grab oh, onto your chair, chair yeah, like, oh. <laughs> but the the movie that i watched yes. in the plane was called burnt um oh is that which, the chef is that the it chef is movie? that's but it, it's not the john favreau movie or no. Because there was uh, Chef. There was a movie called Chef, which oh. is the John Favreau movie. Was, wasn't this on the Flophouse? A while <laughs> it about? was on the Flophouse. Ah, amazing. I thought I'd recognize the name. <laughs> so I actually watched a movie, really enjoyed it, um, told my <laughs> wife about it. My wife looks it up on IMDb and she's like, this got like a three out of ten stars. And I was like, what? Like, that's impossible. And then the, the following week, it's on my Overcast app. It's like, the flop house burnt. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? This was a great movie. Well, not a great movie, but just oh. a very entertaining movie. Did you did you listen to the flop house episode? I did listen to it. I listened to all of it. And it was, have you listened to it? I have, but I kind of went on a bit of a flop house binge. And now everything is kind of mushed together into one. And because I haven't seen the movie, I you know, it didn't really stick with me. Right, so this was the episode where like two of the guys were totally going like um, essentially really negging on the movie. Oh, okay. And the one guy was like, uh, I had a really hard time with this movie because I kind of liked it. <laughs> and they're like, that's okay. Like they're really like accommodating to him because mm. um, they just went on this assumption that all three hated the movie, which I think is sort of a consensus, right? Right, that's kind of how the show was set up. Yeah. 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 And so it was really um it was endearing to hear that guy go like, you know, I really had a hard time because I kinda liked it. And he sounded really guilty about that. Did it change your opinion of the movie? Not at all, because I I was like, you know what, (laughs) fuck these guys. I enjoyed this movie. (laughs) But yeah, there's just something about this movie that I really enjoyed despite I thought the acting was pretty good, you know. Um it carried the story really well and Mm. you know how much I like scenes of cooking in Hannibal? Yes, yes. You have so this sort of did that too, and and not as explicit or as gratuitous as Hannibal is. Because he's not cooking up human flesh? <laughs> Delicious human flesh. Uh, this is Bradley Cooper, right? 
Yes, yeah, Bradley okay. Cooper and Sienna Miller. If you ever have time or if it ever gets on HBO, which I feel like this is one of those perfect HBO movies, you should definitely check it out. Highly okay. entertaining. Amazing. And then I'll go back and listen to the Flophouse episode. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll think about whether I liked it or not. Don't let the Flophouse right, yeah. determine how you feel about the movie. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, the podcast that caused me to miss my train or these go and go uptown instead of downtown was the creative writers tool belt which is not a, a podcast i've listened to before but it did have my favorite author being interviewed on it this week brendan sanderson yes how did you know uh, actually uh, peter f hamilton mm. who is a british science fiction author who writes these crazy long books which is why it will never be a book club book because there are or at least a thousand pages you know that's just one book out of a set of three there's one universe that he's created called the commonwealth universe that i've really got into it's set up in two books and then there's a trilogy and then there's a final two books the first of which came out a couple of years ago and then the final one which he says is going to be the last one set in the commonwealth universe is coming out later this year so i think this was sort of like a preliminary publicity thing like ramping up the publicity for this book that's coming out gotcha and you've never heard of this podcast before until now no indeed this is the first time i've heard him speak right so it was kind of interesting to listen to mm. i think i mean there's nothing groundbreaking and i think to the casual listener i probably wouldn't necessarily recommend going out and listening to it because mm-hmm. there's you know he just sort of chats a little bit about his his work and how he writes but there's nothing doesn't go very particularly deep on it yeah I, re- I really want to know like how like what method he uses for writing these books because they are i think the word is space opera which mm-hmm. is I always thought a little derogatory, but because it's like a space soap opera. But his books are very detailed and very complicated and often have like three or four plot lines all interwoven. And I was like, I just want to know how he does it because he talks about how he has to have it all set up before he starts writing. Oh, that's insane. And I was insane. like, I just really want to know like his system because I think a, like a J.K. Rowling, there was a screenshot of like a page of a notebook where J.K. Rowling had set up uh, the outline for one of her, one of the novels, uh-huh. and it, it's like a, it's like a grid where with characters on one axis and then chapters on the other axis. Oh, and what? Then each box has you know you know one sentence description of like what are the plot points that need to happen to this character in this chapter. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll find it. It's really interesting to see because like oh fuck, that's such a great system. So I was really hoping that like somehow he would talk about what his system was for this right. like insanely more complicated all these plots that weave together but right. unfortunately uh they did not go deep enough and they didn't talk about it so that's really interesting because even if you think about it from like a really shallow uh a playlist that you'd like create on spotify you do need to have a system if you're going to create like a 20 track playlist there's got to be like it's peaks and lows right like right you might start off with a really strong song but you never want to start off with the strongest song Right? Because you need to keep interest towards the middle of the playlist. (laughs) And so you save the strongest ones. But then I think every good playlist should have a variance in tempo. And like, so um, you you intermix it with like the slow tempoed song versus maybe it's followed by another slow tempoed song. Mm. And then like a fast song right after that. So people don't fall asleep. You know, it's like thinking about it that way. Like there has to be some sort of system where you do need to keep interest in in the characters that you're writing about that you assume that people would like, right? And then interchange that with 
what you know are going to be the more like technical and boring parts and see、mm-hmm. how you want to balance that off. And yeah, that's super interesting. I've just、mm-hmm. sent you a link to that,、um, that image of her sort of plot outline. Oh, it's for the Order of the Phoenix.、Uh, oh, wow. If you can find out how to open it in、uh, Skype. <laughs> Actually, why, why, am I, why am I even sending it to you through Skype? I should just put it in the dock. What a doofus. <laughs> Right, fine, that would actually help with the show notes. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. And they're like dates. Is this. Oh. So I think this is dates in the book. So actually, yeah, I've. It's not, it's not、uh, chapters.、Right. I, I didn't remember properly. It's actually kind of set up the dates timeline that happens over the course of、uh, The Order of the Phoenix. And then across the other side, there's title, plot, the, and then prophecy. Yep. Something I can't read. Oh, Cho, Ginny. Yep.、Uh, Cho and Ginny. Dumbledore's Army. Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Snape. And、uh, Harry. And something. Falcor. Falcor. No, <laughs> crossover. <laughs> and then Hagrid and. Group. Yeah. Oh my God. This is amazing. Isn't it? It's so amazing. Yeah. I love, I love stuff like this where you can sort of see into the minds of how they organize things and what they find most efficient and useful. It seems like this J.K. Rowling has her shit together. So, I mean, if you're a fan of Peter F. Hamilton, then it's certainly worth listening to like, this 30 minute episode.、Uh, if you're not, then、uh, there's not too much of interest there, really. Right.、Uh, but if you want to read his books, I would suggest you start with Pandora's Star, which is the first book in the, that sort of sets up the,、uh, the Commonwealth universe. Hmm. It's kind of amazing. It, I still, it sticks with me right now. Like the opening scene is a astronomer on Earth looking through a telescope. He's looking at a, at a star. I can't remember exactly why he's doing this, but he's looking at a star and it goes out. And then,、uh, then there's the whole, the whole plot kind of extends from there.、What? Where like、okay. the Earth has to send, send a, a ship out to find out you know, what happened. Why did this star go out? Where did it go? What's happening? And then, yeah, just. Crazy shit just goes on from there. As I say, it is thousands, a thousand at least pages. So this won't be a book club book in the near future. Well, see, <laughs> Pandora's Star, the unabridged version,、yeah. is 37 hours, <laughs> which I've done 45 hour books before. But not in two weeks. No, not in two weeks. <laughs> Although this, so Ar- Arnold's book is 23 hours. Yeah, I'm a little behind. Yeah. And I think I'm halfway. I'm right around halfway. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll step up. It is real intense listening. So I've been listening every day for about two hours each day. Yeah, I've just been doing it kind of on the subway. So I guess I've been maybe like an hour, I guess, a day. I, I wasn't able to listen to any other podcast or anything else because of it. Right. Oh, no, then, but I just see these podcasts popping up and I'm like, oh,、mm. I just want to listen to this. Yep.、Oh, anyway, it's a good problem to have. I won't lie. <laughs> So, this past Saturday was International Tabletop Day.、Um, we actually celebrated in Spotify, and there were a, a few people in the office that set it up, had food, had、uh, lots of nice board games there. And I, wasn't, I was、uh, unable to make it, unfortunately. Oh, no. Right. Because I was thinking Sam would have pestered me if Sam was actually going to this. Yes. To come and, like, come and hang out. Yes. I think I sent you like, one reminder. And then that was it because I knew that I wasn't able to make it. We're still yet to play a board game together. I know. We should. I have code names ready to go. We should have、Thanks、a date night. Thanks to our friends at the show. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Let's call it something else. 
But yes, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, buddy night. Oh. Co-host night. <gasps> yes. Uh, yeah, we could play code names or anything else. Code names would be great, but I think code names does involve. Um, it is a better game with more people. Mm, okay. Okay. So, yeah, you let's find let's, other po- podcast hosts and do like a crossover. Let's plan it out so that we can get like either the next few weeks or so on a Wednesday because they do play board games on Wednesday. But I was thinking we could do more like in the field recordings, like because we had the uh, opening of the fantastic uh, fan mail. Oh right. And I was listening to an old episode of Hello Internet where they go to Dismaland, which was the Banksy <laughs> yeah. uh, arts Exhibition. exhibit slash uh, theme park they opened in um, in West England for a few months last year. Mm. But yeah, they took their recording equipment and yeah, they sort of intercut or them talking about the uh, the art exhibits and then with them actually being there and talking about it. So that was pretty cool. And you know me, I like to copy everything that Hello Internet does and make that basis for this show <laughs> right i'm surprised that you didn't pay for my australian accent lessons or something <laughs> yeah no but you're you're gray i'm brady at least in the accent department <laughs> am i though do i need to I, I i feel like i need to step up my enunciation game well i think you're, you're, you're pretty good <laughs> okay <laughs> was there any like records for like the number of games played in a day from like international tabletop day yeah I don't know. I feel like generally tabletop players are more chill and competition is not really their thing. <laughs> yeah, I see. Like when, they're, uh, when they're playing board games, you know, they're all about it. But otherwise, they're yeah, more chill. Mm. They're, they're okay. chill. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I haven't heard anything about like how many people. Maybe they, there were a couple of people on like Twitch that were streaming for like 24 hours. Oh, uh, yeah. On International Tabletop Day. <gasps> streaming games but board games not computer games it is a thing That's it does cool. happen yeah no way, really yeah on a daily basis on twitch they even have they even stream electronic versions of it speaking of twitch uh the first two episodes of startup podcast mm-hmm. uh the new season started a few weeks back and yep. the first two episodes deal with uh twitch and how it started and um how it became twitch and how they pivoted which is yeah interesting story how totally of course it's sort of like oh they were desperate you know nothing was going right yeah and then they did this pivot and suddenly i actually yeah i was actually a big uh justin tv user when yeah. the transition happened like i remember mm. first um watching a lot of video games people like people playing video games on justin tv oh interesting and it'd be huh. something that i just sort of kept on as i was working at night mm. And I was like, this is really a thing. Like, this is getting super interesting. So I actually tried out a couple of times streaming my own games as I played them on (laughs) Justin TV. And I remember when they first made the transition over to Twitch, it was like, oh, wow, like they're focusing on just games. That's kind of cutting off a lot of their user base because people on Justin TV were more about just like life blogging, right? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I never had any firsthand experience with it. And ever since that happened, it just became this absolutely crazy huge thing where now every other person seems to be uh, on Twitch TV broadcasting their games. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Another podcast recommendation for you. And go and play tabletop games and stream it. And we'll watch. Because <laughs> people will watch. Um, we actually did stream. Uh, the Spotify Gaming Club actually has a Twitch channel. 
last year in November, I want to say, like we actually had a 24-hour Twitch stream where it was called Extra Life, which is a lot of people um, stream for 24 hours and they raise money for children's hospitals. Mm, oh, wow. Awesome. And so I'm definitely going to be doing that again this year. Um, if you want to stop by as we're playing games, you should sometime in November. I may even record it for posterity. <laughs> I just realized Rogan Josh would be a good DJ name. <laughs> he would be a good DJ name. <laughs> or two DJs, Rogue and Josh. Or a Star Wars character, Darth Rogan Josh. <laughs>